0: Welcome into the Ottson Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Premier, Jared Mack on the podcast with me, breaking down some very late news that happened Friday. Uh, potentially, you're waking up Saturday to, to seeing this podcast, and that is the Oregon Duck football program has secured yet again another four star verbal commitment. Uh, Jalil Tucker. A athlete out of Lincoln High School in San Diego, has given the Oregon Ducks a verbal commitment over, yet again, I think Duck fans are going to love this, the Washington Huskies, also Florida State. Uh, This is a player who has 22 scholarship offers to his name as as of now when he committed to the Ducks. Uh, Other programs that offered that didn't make his final cut include USC includes Utah, includes San Diego State, Nebraska, Michigan, Miami, uh, Arkansas, Arizona. Uh, overall, this is yet again a another big time verbal commitment. Oregon's class now sits with nineteen verbal commitments in the twenty twenty two class, and Jared Jaleel Tucker is the third highest rated player in this recruiting class that's moved into the top five nationally. So this is, this is a mover. This is a guy that moves Oregon's recruiting class a couple spots in the, in the rankings just by his addition alone.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So this is, this is another big commit for Oregon I've now gone back to back with McMillan and now Tucker Um and I think Tucker obviously is a mover because he's rated so well, but I honestly think he can help move the class even more. Uh, the discrepancy between his 24-7 sports composite, which combines all of the recruiting websites and then average out the rankings, and his 24-7 sports ranking is you know 83 spots. Yep. So uh, at one point, you'd have to imagine that either – he gets a bump in the other, other spots or continues to rise in 24-7 spot. And that seems to be a common trend with this class at 2022. So right now, um, Oregon is ranked 5th in the composite and should stick around 4th in 24-7 rankings. But before the commitment for Tucker, Oregon was 8th in the composite and 4th in the rankings. So it's, there's some discrepancies. I wrote a little bit about it. Uh, earlier this week. But again, this is a mover. This is a great player. This is someone who you know projects as probably a cornerback. That's where he played the most in high school, but was certainly fine and understood playing with a receiving game. But yeah, this is this is another great pickup for Oregon. I think it's gonna, you know, boost their class and I'm certainly not going to be the last
0: one. Yeah, I think you you brought up an interesting point with Jalil Tucker's game is he's known as probably more of a defensive prospect, but if he wants to play on the offensive side of the football, or if Oregon needs to have him play on the offensive side of the football, he could, it's not just hold his own. He could be a game breaker at that position. I, I You watch his film and I walk away thinking this is a guy who, if he devoted his, a lot of his training and his regiment, Uh, that he has gone through strictly on the offensive side of the football, he could be one of the top receivers out West. And I think that speaks to why he's being rated as an athlete and not a cornerback prospect, because he's truly a two-way player.
1: Oh yeah. I think whatever he decides to like really put all his time into, he's going to excel at it because there are moments of, uh, on his tape where he's a wide receiver and he'll take a bubble screen or something like that, make a couple guys miss and then take it to the house. And you're like, Oh, this kid, that's a heck of a wide receiver player right there. And then later on in the tape, it's him maybe being beaten coverage, but then making up all that ground, like 10 yards of ground in five steps and then deflecting a pass. And you're like, wow, that's a heck of a coverage play." So this, so T- Tucker's going to do, I I think he's better off as a corner, and I think Oregon would rather take him as a corner. But if one day he decides, you know, I'm going to put all my effort into being a wide receiver, I think Oregon would be okay with that as well. I don't think it's going to be a drop off. I think he would still be as highly rated of a prospect if he just kept on being a receiver. And, And that's another thing that Oregon's been trying to go with recently is like positional versatility. And we've seen uh, Coach Deruder talk about it a little bit after practices, and how you can have someone like Kayvon Thibodeau or Braden Swinson and their ability to play both on the line and off the line and coverage. I think Jill Tucker is going to provide a little bit of that too.
0: Yeah, he's he's coming to Oregon as a cornerback, but I like, guess Jared said Oregon probably would be totally fine down the road if if need be he needs or wants to move over to the. the receiver position uh that would be a move and just to give you some perspective uh of this verbal commitment he is he's rated as a safety but if or as as an athlete excuse me but if if we just change that distinction over to just a db he would be the ninth best prospect to commit in program history as a defensive back uh if he ended up playing corner he would be the eighth highest-rated cornerback in program history, ahead of uh, cornerbacks like current true freshman Jalen Davies, former Oregon Duck Ifo uh current NFL player and former Oregon Duck Ugo Amadi. Um, you also look at him as I think Jared. I think he could play safety too. Like if Oregon was in a pinch and needed him to, to, to play there, uh, he could play that position and. He's higher rated than uh, Javon Holland was at safety. The only safety prospect Oregon has signed that's higher rated than him from a DB perspective is Steve Stevens, who's currently projected to be a starter this year uh, at Oregon. Um, Overall player wise perspective, he's the 54th best player in program history to commit to the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Previous guys that have committed that are, Lower down the rankings than he is, uh, include current Duck Jay Butterfield at quarterback. Uh, I've already mentioned Jalen Davies, current true freshman running back, Seven McGee, uh, Javon Holland, who was a second round draft pick this past spring, Adrian Jackson, a current linebacker on Oregon's roster, expected starter, uh, NFL Pro Bowler DeForest Buckner um, was lower rated than uh, Jalil Tucker, and we've also mentioned already. Uh, Ifo so this kind of gives you some perspective of the player that Oregon is getting uh, and, and a Jalil Tucker. And this is a bona fide get uh, uh, a, a true gem of a class. Like Tucker could be the guy five years ago that would be your highest rated player in this class. Um, he's not the only two guys rated higher than him right now in this class are Kelvin, Kelvin banks, a five-star offensive tackle. And then Tetearo McMillan, I probably butchered that name, uh, a four-star receiver, that's borderline uh, five-star as well. And you and I were talking before we started recording the podcast of Tucker could be the start of a big wave over the next two or three months of some high-profile guys that could set Oregon up for their third straight year of or excuse me, their fourth straight year of best class in school history. Um, I've said it on the last podcast when when we we got a commitment from McMillan. Um, I think this is setting up where we now can confidently feel like Oregon is in that position where they might finish with its best class in program history again. And I feel like they've almost basically secured at, at minimum a top 12 Recruiting class and probably the number one class in the, com- in the conference. And what's to come could be really scary.
1: It really can be. And so, with Tucker's commitment, that I makes mean, 19 players so far verbally committed. Now, there could be decommits. We'll find out eventually. but, And we still don't know the, the scholarship numbers and how that's going to work for a full class. But I did take the liberty of going full fantasy mode. <laughs> uh, throwing on the, the class calculator on 24 7 sports, which is a great tool. If you don't use it, you should. You'll find yourself having a lot of fun. And so I put in a couple names that um, include Jaleel Tucker and other prospects that have had positive Oregon momentum and who, who could reasonably commit to the Ducks. Um, I added Cyrus Moss, Kevin Coleman, George Petaway, a running back out of Virginia. And then Anthony Lucas, a defensive lineman out of Arizona. And if you, if hypothetically all those players commit, you now have 23 commits and you have a recruiting class score of 284.08, which would give you the fifth overall class in 2021. And in perspective, Oregon's class of 2021, which I'm one of the biggest fans of. I I, I don't know how you can't be a big fan of it. It has has brought all his immense talent to, the, to Eugene. That class came, comes in at 277.98. So with Tucker, Moss, Coleman, Petaway, and Lucas, you have a class that's seven percentage points better than the 21 class. So you're going off that idea where Oregon could land again for the four straight years, you mentioned, their best class ever. Pretty scary. it seems like Pretty it always scary. comes... Pretty scary. And I went full-on, full-on fantasy mode and added the uh, offensive tackle Josh Connerly out of Washington, which would give you a class score of 291.80, which somehow actually would keep you in fifth if you were to put that class in 2021, which is ridiculous for the recruiting levels of Ohio State and Bama and Georgia. But that would be a heck of a class. And the scary perspective of, on this is that all six of those names that I mentioned are conceivable to potentially commit to Oregon. They have to keep working on the trails and keep making connections and all that. But those are six names, including Tucker that are linked to Oregon heavily who have visits planned or have already visited. You know, These are six realistic options to give Oregon their, fourth straight best class ever
0: yeah definitely we're not saying that all those guys will for sure end up committing to Oregon but what Jared's saying is that there is uh you know an understanding and an, an acceptable process to get to that point where Oregon could land one of those guys or a couple of those guys and and there is a scenario best case while maybe not super high you know probable It's out there that they could they could land all of those guys, and I think that speaks to the potential of this class. And that a a year ago this time we were not expecting the 2022 class to be a top five class and program in in the country, just because we didn't think that they would sign enough guys. First of all, you know, like this was supposed to be a smaller class. Oregon's operating as if they're going to be signing close to a regular size class. I mean, they've, they've got now 19 verbal commitments. There are at least three or four guys that we feel pretty good about Oregon landing, which would push this class to 22, 21, 23 range. And you're not going to turn down a Josh Connerly. If he wants to come to Oregon, you're not going to turn down a Kevin Coleman uh, if he wants to come to Oregon, you're not going to turn down a George Petaway. If he wants to come to Oregon, you know, those are our high profile recruits, much like a Jalil Tucker. Um, so it's, it's now possible that, you know, it's, and it's, it's a real possibility um, that Oregon could end up in the 2022 class with a top five recruiting class in the country. I, I, I have a hard time thinking they are going to get, higher than fifth Jared. Um, but I, I, you know, four maybe, but getting to that three, getting to that two, getting to that one, um, spot. I think the, the only way they do that is if like, a Kelvin banks maintains his five-star, if a McMillan maybe elevates his game and jumps to a five-star, they go out and they land a Kevin Coleman, who's a five-star. They go out and they land, uh, maybe a Connerly who's a five-star offensive tackle as well. And Cyrus Moss maybe is another guy that puts himself in a position where he could become a five-star player. I think that's how they're going to have to get it. They're going to need some of their current commits to elevate their ranking while also going out and landing five stars, which, you know, one or two of those, you know, one of those things could happen, but for both to happen seems kind of far-fetched. Um, but let's now shift back to this 2022 class as a whole. I, I look at this group and you see that they've got two cornerbacks now and, and Jalil Tucker and his actual his teammate, Jalil Florence, as well. Um, two cornerbacks. You look at the depth that Oregon has at cornerback right now, currently on the team, and I, I think an argument could be made for trying to find maybe one more prospect that could play the cornerback position, potentially. I don't think it's a necessity, but it could maybe ease a little bit of your concerns a little bit. If you can go out and find a third guy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think another cornerback would be ideal. Um, I think Yeah, I think it would just be a corner. I don't know if they would go after another safety there. They're too committed in Hullaby and Trajan Williams. Um, I'm trying to look at another potential position that they could probably use another prospect in. I would say defensive line. And whether that be Ben Roberts or whether it be someone like Anthony Lucas or a wild card that we don't know, Uh, I think it'd be important for them to add just another. But this is a very balanced class. You have your yearly quarterback in Tanner Bailey. You have multiple wide receivers. You have multiple, multiple offensive linemen headlined by Kelvin Banks. Um, Yeah, this is, as we've been saying basically this whole podcast, it's, this is a good class. There are, there are some diamonds in the rough where you, you know, it's like Sir Mel's or Michael Wooten where they're, yeah, they're the two lowest rated guys in this class, but you look at their physical intangibles and just the pure size that they have. And you're like, okay, this is something that Oregon hopes that when you get those players in the weight room and get them through the, the, uh, the training process that they you know turn into something, they use their size and they you know, become either, you know, like someone who part who partakes and participates in practice and gets in the games and is a real player. Um, But and then at the top of the class, you have guys who are borderline five stars and have plenty of borderline five stars and five stars still at their disposal to try and go get. So I think, yeah, this is this class is lining up and you could even see it go higher just because high school season hasn't started. And maybe like we're saying, some guys take off and really show their improvements and they get a better rating and all that stuff. And and it's not
0: over. That's a thing. And what's going to help Oregon here is the fact that they've got a majority of their recruiting class done. They have now 19 mm-hmm. verbal commitments. And in a normal year, before you get into the funky, dizzy count to the pre- as an early enrollee to the previous class or whatnot, just the very basics. 25 man class you know they've got six spots before you you really get into the funky math type stuff but they've got six more spots to fill and you could argue okay like they've they've got maybe two or three guys for each spot that's still available um, at the, that they're recruiting So really right now Oregon's population of recruits that they're going after, is about 20 to 25 guys and they're 19 verbal commitments. So they're recruiting right now less than 50 guys. And half that group is already locked in. So you don't have to sell them on why Oregon is there. It's just keeping your, your constant contact, making sure that they're feeling appreciated, making sure you know, you're, you're up to date on what's going on in their high school lives, what's going on in their home lives, what's going on in their in their in their high school careers. And then the other half are guys that you're still recruiting. A program like Washington, they have 10 verbal commitments. UCLA, they have 10 verbal commitments. USC has 10 verbal commitments. These are programs in the conference that if they want to sign a full class, they probably are recruiting three or four guys Per open spot, which is fifteen. I mean, you can see right there, like that number could expand to to sixty, to seventy, to eighty players that they're still trying to recruit at at this pack. You know, at, at this twenty two level, where so Oregon can they have a smaller base of of guys they have got to recruit, so they can spend even more time on those players that they're still targeting, and they they have a better opportunity this is why it's so important to have a majority of your class done by now is you can now start on 2023 guys you can and and really hammer home on those guys and get an early jump on them Mm -hmm. while your competition is still trying to fill out its its current class
1: yeah and another huge thing about oregon's class being done or not done excuse me but you know, three quarters of the way done right now is the coaches can just focus on football for the next five months. They don't want, like, yes, they're going to worry about recruiting and yes, they're going to right. keep, you know, talking to kids and connecting, making relationships and all that. But like you're saying with USC at 10 commits and UCLA at 10 and Washington at 10 and Arizona State at six, they, they're going to have to be recruiting any chance that they get. So if there's a bye week, they'll be on the trails. They'll be recruiting. They'll be going after it because they have to, or else by the end of the season and the end of the season for the high school kids as well, they're going to be looking at 14 commits and not getting any of their top guys. So Oregon has most of their top guys already on lockdown. And for a while, it was always the narrative was, well, if you get these guys early, they might decommit because you get them so early. And, you know, there's still a chance of some of that happening this year, but it certainly didn't for their class of 2021. You, know, you had a lot of guys commit early and stay locked in. And that was something that I thought was really impressive and really underrated when it came down to Oregon's 2021 class, because you had all these guys commit in March and August, like in this time, and July. And they held solid throughout the entire year. So that speaks volumes to what Mario Cristobal and company are doing. And keeping their recruiting at that higher standard, keeping their guys in check and online. Um, but yeah, I know, Matt, you're 100% right. Where at this point, it's just a huge bonus to Oregon that they have recorded to their class full and have guys that they want and guys that are probably going to want to come here too.
0: It's going to do it for us here on the Odds and Audibles podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. Go to Duckterritory.com for more coverage of Jalil Tucker's verbal commitment to the University of Oregon and what this means for the Oregon Ducks. And until later this week or our next week, excuse me, on Monday, you've been listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast.
1: Peace.